thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome to Football Digest, the Women's World Cup show. We're still going, we're still here. I think the only way to introduce today's episode is England are in the Women's World Cup final. Um, That feels amazing to say. I don't think it's properly sunk in. Um, I don't know about you guys. Um, We are joined today by Jack in Australia, who is in Sydney for us, and Beth as well. If you do have any questions for us, please do pop them in the comments and we'll try and get to them if we can. Uh, We do have a massive bumper show today. There's so much to talk about, so much to dissect and digest. Um, Jack, we'll start with you. Um, I don't really have many words, which you both know. It doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Um, What a night it must have been when you were there in Sydney. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, it was a, an incredible night, Laura. It's, uh, I think, it, hopefully I'm not over-egging it. I think it was a, a genuinely historic night for, for English football. And to, to be honest, it's nice just to be able to start off and just say what a, a privilege it was for me to be in that stadium. Not, not only because of, I think, the, the 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 level of the fixture, if you like, you know, to... to massive nations we all know about the sporting rivalry between the two as well but also because of the the nature of the England performance I thought England were were outstanding for the vast majority of the game that they, they, they controlled it well when they needed to they did exactly what you want them to do in terms of taking the edge off the the Australian crowd and and believe me from being in there there were us the, the majority of the the 75,000 or so in there they were they were paying for England they were they were desperate to see us lose forget whatever the players say they were they were so so, yeah. It it would have made their tournament, I think, to to knock England out. Um, but our players dealt with it superbly. They 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 kept their composure when they needed to, and I, I just thought it was a a masterclass of a performance, really. And I, you know, I've been critical of England earlier on in the tournament. I thought we we limped through the the group stage and the the Nigeria tie in particular. But this team seems to be getting better game on game. And it all sort of yeah came to that. Hopefully, they've still got another level to go, as I'm sure we'll get onto later on. But um, it, it really came to the crux last night. They they were yeah they were they were just outstanding. All all eleven players, I thought, fully deserved uh, winners. That's it. There was so much on them. Not 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 just to win, obviously, from from our point of view, but to lose as well. I don't think we've seen anything like that against England in a while. Um, Beth, even from watching it on TV, the boos were audible from walking out and warming up. Last night, they just did something so special and kept Australian. Were a, they were a loud bunch, um, but yeah, talk us through talk us through actually how it felt watching it on TV. I think sort of. Pride is, is the overwhelming word that, that springs to mind for me um, watching that game yesterday. And, and you know, I think we will know, you know, working in, in the women's game and seeing these players week in, week out at, at club level, we, we obviously speak to them and, and we know, you know, some of the stories that they have about things that they've overcome to get to where they are today. So many of these players 
um, have had to sacrifice so much or, you know, early on in their career have had to battle adversity to, to get to where they are. And, and so to see them, you know, on the pitch and, and celebrating and, and rightly basking in, in that moment yesterday, I mean, I think it was the first time really at this tournament we saw them just let go and, and celebrate. Uh, I think actually Serena Beegman came out and said, it feels like we won, we won it, but we haven't. And I, I, that for Serena, that's quite an, uh, that's quite an emphatic statement for Serena. She doesn't usually sort of, she's so sort of controlled and measured so much at the time, but I think even she was sort of swept up a little bit in, in the emotion of it all. And, and yeah, it was, it was an incredible performance. Like Jack said, you know, England haven't really got going at this tournament. I don't think that sort of 6-1 demolition of, of China aside, they've not really hit the, the best form. And I think it was Lucy Bronze who said the other week, you know, we, we've got another li- another level to go and we're sort of saving our perfor- better performances for later on in the, in the tournament. And it's always a bit of a risk when you say that because you sort of have to play yourself into form. You can't just say, right, we'll, we'll hold back until we get to these big, so-called big games. But you know, they, they've been professional, they've got through to this point and now it does look like they've got that extra gear that they, they activated yesterday. But yeah, just immensely proud um, on a personal level of what this group of women have achieved and um, hopefully they can go one better on, on Sunday. Here's hoping. I mean, they have overcome so many adversities. They have overcome so many hurdles, even going into the tournament. You know, we didn't have the likes of Liera, Fran, of Beth. We, um, there was, I think there was people at panic stations wondering how we were going to do it. And then when Walsh came for and when Laura James got her red card, there are so many pockets where you can kind of think, oh my God, can we actually do this with the squad depth that we've got with the, the injuries, with the red cards, with everything that might come up against us? Can we do it? But this team, and they've said it themselves, the resilience that they've shown is something really remarkable. And actually on a wider level, I think it's something that we've seen across the entire tournament with the likes of some of these squads who were playing despite, you know, we saw Jamaica who had to crowdfund Canada, although they went out early on, they've had so many adversities as well. And as we look forward to the final... Um, Spain, who of course have had their own trials and turbulations, and you know we, it's a turbulent time for women's football. Still, I think it's a reminder for people that there are still so many hurdles and brick walls to face. But the women on this world stage are doing something incredible for both the people out there on that pitch, but also the the, the little girls, the little boys back home, the the people back home in their nations. Um, Jack, looking ahead to Sunday, obviously the FA in England have paused their their talks on bonuses. Spain, a lot of conversation when they went through to the final the day before England, the conversations then started coming back up. Let's not forget what they've they've been through. This is going to be a massive final for them on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, of of course, the you know it's a first World Cup final. The the, the sort of backdrop of what that team's been for over the past 12 months, it's hard to disconnect for, from the team that goes out there on the pitch. You know, like you say, the sort of, yeah, the, the trials and tribulations they've been through. And and obviously there are some players who I think would have been in that squad who obviously aren't there for for not wanting to be there, which is is, is heartbreaking for them. You know, imagine imagine getting to the absolute peak of your your game as a, as a professional athlete and 
not being able to to compete at a World Cup or an Olympic Games or you know a major championship, it's like it must be the most uh, just unthinkable, really. And and yeah, and obviously some some players have come back as well. Um, so it's 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 huge for both. I mean, I have to say one of the things I've enjoyed about this World Cup is, and it, it's you know I always feel a little bit of guilt saying this. You, you, because the action on the pitch has been so great, you do almost for, forget a little bit, even if just temporarily, about the wider issues that you've touched on around the women's game, not least with England's bonuses scandal, to be fair. I don't think it's just the players that have parked it. I think everyone's sort of associated with the the team, whether they're covering the team, whether they're supporting the team. I think everyone sort of collectively moved away from it until the end of the tournament. Rightly or wrongly, I think that's just the nature of what football does. You know, we forget why we want to watch this game in the first place. It's because of what happens on the pitch. And this World Cup has thrown up so much on the pitch. Like, you, you just, you, you couldn't have imagined what, what would have happened at the start of this tournament five weeks ago. There's just been so much that's gone on. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's, uh, like I say, I almost feel a little bit of, of guilt trying to not think about those issues for, for, for now. But I think, after Sunday, whatever the way the result goes, rightly that is is sort of put back on the on the agenda on the table of the the women's game. I'm sure there'll be talks either way, whether England win or lose. You know that there'll be <laughs> some some bonuses will need to be given out. Either way, it has to be resolved one way or the other. Um, so hopefully, yeah, in the in the sort of coming week or so, we'll we'll have a a more concrete up on that. But it shouldn't take it shouldn't detract away from from what this this group have achieved. That I, I I genuinely don't think it should sort of overshadow England's England's place in the final and yeah what this group's what this group's done over the past few weeks. Absolutely perfectly put there, Jack. Um, it shouldn't take away, but we also shouldn't forget it as well. Um, one thing that we do need to remember, who is coming back into the fold and could give Serena quite a a good headache, shall we say. Um, Lauren James is going to be available once again. Um, obviously, she did have that two-match ban. We didn't know if she'd be back for that third-place playoff game on Saturday or the final um, Serena's got another headache on her hands, hasn't she? She has, but I'm sure it's it's a headache that she very much welcomes because, you know, to have Lauren James available, especially as he said, we, we didn't anticipate that she would be. Obviously, FIFA returned the, the disciplinary verdict and, and they said that her um, sort of, wasn't really a stamp, but her step onto uh, Michelle Olozi in that Nigeria game Um was actually serious foul play as opposed to violent conduct. And, and that was the reasoning behind giving her a two-game ban as opposed to a three-game ban. Um, I I do wonder, I do question if, if that third game hadn't been a final, hadn't been a World Cup final, would she have got a three-game ban? I think she perhaps would have done. Um, but, you know, we that's not for us to to quibble with now. We're obviously delighted that she's an option to, to come back into the squad. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's a headache for Serena Beekman. I mean, Ella Toon yesterday I thought was brilliant. I was absolutely delighted for her. Um, I wrote a piece last week about, you know, how it hasn't really been her tournament so far and, and Lauren James' suspension sort of opened the door for her to come in and and, and step up. And I, I don't think she necessarily did that against Columbia. I think she struggled a little bit and and certainly sort of looked miles off her best form. Um, but I thought she was brilliant yesterday. 
you know, maybe not quite at the peak of her powers, but it was obviously an absolutely sublime goal. I mean, to have the this sort of goal to to strike a ball like that in a, in a World Cup semi final, it's just it absolutely, you know, beggars belief. And I think, you know, one thing that gets talked about a lot when you talk about Ella Toon is is her relationship with Alessia Russo and and off the pitch, you know, how they, you know, what close friends they are. Um, and as much as that's the case, I th- think also on the pitch, they, they have such a strong relationship. And when one of them plays well, the other one plays well also. Um, so I think actually Alessia Russo's form, again, I thought she was brilliant yesterday. I think they marry so well together on the pitch and that's really helped Ella Toon. And the question mark is, I guess, for, for Serena Wiegmann, um, you know, do we stick with that? Now we know it, it's worked and it's worked against a strong opponent or... Do you, do you leave Lauren James on the bench? I mean, you know, we're quite fickle in football and, you know, one player has a good game and you automatically forget about the other players that help get us there. And, and Lauren James is obviously a massive part of that. So, yeah, it will be really interesting to see what what Serena Wiegmann does on Sunday. The fact that we're seeing um, these women, not even at the peak of their game yet, some of them are still so young and we are seeing strikes like that is absolutely immense. Um, Jack, just your view. Where do you think? Where, well, who would you like to see in the starting lineup? It's not an easy question, is it? Um, yeah, it's it's really tough to say. I, I would assume Serena Wiegmann, judged off what I've seen over the past sort of season as well as during this tournament, I I think she'll go with. Ella Toon and, and name another uh, name a, a another change team um, for the what will be the third straight game um, because I just think this team I I made this 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 point last night as well I think when your team is improving game by game and and such a significant improvement I think is what we saw last night that's definitely the best the best England display of this tournament to do to do it in that scenario in front of those fans um, I I just think when you yeah your team's Making such giant steps, you, you've got to stick with it and see and see how they can progress further. I mean, I think Kira Wolf said as well last night in the mix zone that she thinks this team's still got another gear to go to um, for that final on Sunday. And yeah, it, it, it's tough to really take anyone out. I think based on current form, I mean, I, I'd agree. I, I don't think Ella Toon's had her best tournament, but she certainly had a best game of that tournament last night. And not just because of the goal. I think the, the goal capped at, yeah, just a more competent display. She commanded the ball better. She was more involved in the, in the build-up play than she had been in other games. And it was, I mean, we were perfectly in line with that that finish into the top corner. You could just see the ball rising up. And it was a fantastic moment for, for England. I think they got they, they just took real confidence from that. Hopefully she can kick on. And, and as we know of Ella Toon as well, she's a big game player. You know, she... T- turned it, saved saved the Lionesses in the Euros when they were on the verge of elimination, opened the scoring in the, the Euros final, scored in the final Isima, um in, in April, hadn't scored since then until last night. But that's what she relishes. She just loves the big occasion. So I would be inclined to keep Ella Toon. You know, Lauren Ames is not a bad player to be bringing off the bench. And also, I would, I would also point out the fact that Emma Hayes didn't trust Lauren James for a Champions League semi-final against Barcelona. A lot of the, a few of these Barcelona players are going to be part of this the Spain team on Sunday. I think there's a reason for that. I, don't, I think Lauren's a fan, Lauren's clearly a fantastic talent. You know, you don't need me to tell you that. Just go and watch her. But she defensively, there is still an elements of a game that she needs to work on going forward, and I'm sure she will. 
but the, Sunday might come a little bit too soon. I, I would, I think she's the perfect player to be bringing off the bench, particularly if England are chasing the game, which obviously from an England point of view, you hope doesn't happen, but it, it, it could be that scenario that we needed to, to, to create a bit of magic to get back in the game and, and maybe force extra time. We'll, we'll see, but it's not an easy choice, is it? But like you say, it's a, it's a good headache to have. This is what you want. You want competition for places. Um, and you want players on the bench who perhaps would shouldn't be on the bench or, or easily couldn't be. I think as well, we had this sort of debate last night after the press conference, and it was pretty much a fifty-fifty split amongst the uh, amongst the media out here. So, yeah, it's it, either way, it's it's a tough call. It's definitely an interesting one, especially when it's splitting the press pack out there as well. Um, that's that's a really interesting take. Um, you just mentioned Kira Walsh um, saying that there is another gear to go. I think this England team might give me a heart attack if there is another gear to go up to. Um, <laughs> my nerves can't handle it. Um, just on the improvement of this squad throughout this tournament, um, one player, I mean, throughout the entire thing, Alex Greenwood has been absolutely solid as a rock. She's been phenomenal for this team. Same as Jess Carter, I think them two have done exceptionally well. Um, but one player that I have been so happy to see just get better and better and better and last night absolutely smash it is Lauren Hemp. Um, I am so pleased to see how amazing um, she has done. Beth, she's just, I think everybody still forgets how young these players are and Lauren Hemp is one of them. But on that pitch, she just shows so much maturity and some of those passes were just sublime. Yeah, she was she was absolutely unplayable, bordering on unplayable at times yesterday. She really was. And as you say, it's easy to forget that she's only 23 years old and, you know, she's already, you know, playing at another major tournament and and, and setting the, the tournament alight. And I think, yeah, throughout throughout this whole tournament, I think England have maybe lacked consistency, you know, players have had good games and and slightly off games. And I think Lauren Hemp alongside Alex Greenwood and Jess Carter has been one of those players who consistently all the way through has been solid. And I think yesterday it was like she went up another level and just absolutely terrorised that Australian defence. I mean, you have to feel for Australia, to be fair. They were without um, Alana Kennedy, obviously knows Lauren Hemp from club level. She was obviously ill and missing yesterday. And I think that was a, a really big miss for them, actually. And I wonder would that have perhaps impacted anything that she'd been fit and, and available to play yesterday. But yeah, Lauren Hemp, just every time there was a ball that came over the top, I mean, we know we know how fast she is. You know, I think she's Usain Bolt asked for a shirt, didn't he, at one point when he went to, to a Manchester City game. So, I mean, if Usain Bolt is uh, praising you for your speed, then you know that you're you're pretty fast. So every time sort of a, a ball went over the top, she, she just didn't give up. She was unrelenting, chasing absolutely everything down. And then obviously brilliantly taken goal great strength to hold off the defenders and uh, involved in the first goal as well obviously did really well to keep the ball in play to, to find Alessia Russo to then set up Pelotune and then obviously a, a absolutely sublime no look assist for Alessia Russo to finish the game off so she was involved in all three goals but you, you know beyond that just her work ethic the way that she she led this led the press and, and really I think is thriving in that sort of two-pronged attack with Alessia Russo and um, it is great to see it. I think sort of out of out of the squad, she always seems like one of the, the quieter characters. You know, she's spoken at length at this tournament about she likes to sort of finish training, go in and, and do a Lego to sort of unwind. And I think she just it seems like a, 
a great character as well as a, as a brilliant player. So yeah, absolutely, you know, delighted for her and, and hopefully she can carry that form into the final. Solid choice of winding down as well, a bit of Lego. Absolutely solid. Um, I just want to quickly talk about um, Serena Wiegmann. Um, obviously, we, we we don't have all day, but I could talk about Serena all day. Um, I genuinely think she's an absolute icon. She's now in her fourth major tournament final. Um, she said yesterday that it feels like a fairy tale. And Beth, as you said, we don't normally see that much animation from Serena. She's very, as Jack has said, in all of the press conferences, she's very coy. She keeps everything hush. She keeps her cards close to her chest. And yesterday, I think that was the the biggest bit of emotion that we've had this tournament, and, and rightly so. Um, she's got four finals in four, basically. She's won the Euros on home turf with the Netherlands in 2017. Final of the World Cup with the Netherlands. She's won the Euros with England and now she's at a World Cup final with England. Um, it's almost unimaginable, those sorts of achievements that that can come through from a manager. Jack, is she, I, I, think, I think she is, but from your point of view, is she one of the best coaches on the international stage at the moment? Most definitely. You couldn't argue against that, could you? It's just, it's almost a ridiculous record. It's like laughable, like four four major tournament finals in a row. Considering as well the, you know, tournament football is not like league football where the best team always wins necessarily. There's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more variables come into tournament football. It's over a much, it's over a condensed period of time. There's a, there's a lot more scope for things to go wrong in over a short period of time and for it to affect your team really badly. I mean, and that, we mentioned it earlier, the adversity that this England side has overcome this time. For me, that that's what makes this achievement already surpass the Euros win in some in some respects because everything that they've had to deal with, there's always been. She, I think she said herself in the press conference, I thought, "Was like, there's always been something going wrong. Not not there's always been the next challenge, not far around the corner." But she always remains poised and calm on the touchline and you can see it, it start I mean I, I've written the day of it it's like it's starting to generate onto her players when something goes wrong now in an England game and it's happened a few times during this tournament because they haven't always been at their best when Sam Kerr scores that incredible goal last night the stadium absolutely erupted like I, I, it's rare I've, I've been in a football stadium and heard it that loud for a, for a couple of minutes you know three or four minutes England were under the cosh purely because I think they felt, it felt like the crowd was getting on top of them and there was just too much chaos in the game for them to get any sense of control. But then Serena stepped out onto the edge of a technical area and it almost seemed like within a few minutes they, they managed to calm things down. They managed to slow the game back down again and often there were people around us getting upset. About, you know, sometimes it is frustrating to watch because England will pass back and keep the ball and slow it down when there's perhaps an option to go forward. But the reason that that was so effective last night was because it was exactly what Australia didn't want them to do. They wanted it to be as chaotic and as quick as possible. And Serena, I think Serena's approach was let's let's keep this slow, methodical, not allow 
any, if at all, rhythm into the game, you know, slow everything down. And then only a few minutes later, Millie Bright picks out that pass for Lauren Hemp, you know, a fantastic run from, from Hemp. I mean, I know Beth already talks about her. I, all I'd add is it was just like it's just a joy to watch her in when she, when someone like that is playing at the top of the game it's just it just fills you with joy to watch them at the in full flow and you knew like Beth said she was unplayable you knew you were watching someone there who the, the Australians didn't know how to handle um, but yeah like I mean that I felt that goal and the way England responded to that the equaliser after a couple of shaky minutes just sums up the Serena Veeman's approach, the way that they control games, the way they stay in the battle and they never get flustered. So that they might, you know, they who knows what will happen on Sunday, but I don't think England will be overwhelmed by the situation because Serena Veeman just doesn't allow that to happen. And it, it's it's a great thing for English football. For, for me, she's, you're talking now, winning a Euros, then getting to a World Cup final immediately the year after and puts her as the greatest England manager on the men's or women's side that has ever been, I think. And if they win on Sunday, you certainly can't argue against that. What a mic drop moment. Imagine if that was our last line. Like that, we need to <laughs> do that as our last line ever. Um, I, the the impact that she has, I mean, I was getting goosebumps. When you're describing that, obviously you're seeing it from the stadium that we don't see. And when the cameras might be, you know, obviously on the players on the pitch, we don't always see Serena coming out on her touchline on the edge of her technical area. And that sort of feeling is, it genuinely gives me goosebumps. It really, really does. Um, I think what you mentioned there about the crowd and the occasion, I don't actually think we can end today's episode without talking about the legacy of Australia and what this women's team has done for the country. I mean, Jack, I think you've mentioned it previously, but the country has literally gone Matilda's mad, haven't they? I mean, I've been watching videos of the fan parks and everything last night when Kerr did score her goal, everything went absolutely nuts, like just insane. And if you haven't seen any of those videos, do go and watch them because it's absolutely immense. Um, Beth, these Australian women have done something really special for their country. It has always been a, a cricket country, pretty much. You know, we we have spoken about that rivalry with the with the Ashes, um, but now they've got something really special to carry on, haven't they? They have, and I think you know, obviously, they'd have loved to have gone on and, and won this tournament. But I think fundamentally, what this team wanted to do was was make the country proud and, and make the country sit up and take notice of women's football and. Boy, have they done that? I think yesterday was the perfect way to, to crown that, like, even though it ended in defeat. I think, you know, that moment, that Sam Kerr goal, I mean, I was delighted for her again on a personal level because it was so cruel the timing of her injury. And there was a, a point where I think we were all wondering, will she even play at this tournament? Or, you know, will she be just consigned to come in off the bench? So for her to have that moment, you know, how that must have felt for her, 75,000 people, just absolutely going insane after her scoring this wonder goal. Um, it was amazing for her to have that moment and for Australia to have that moment, you know, as you said, we've seen all the fan parks just absolutely erupt and, um, you know, videos. I think there was a video that was going around online the other day of people on a, on a flight in Australia and every single person had the, um, the Matildas round the 16 game on the, on the TVs, on the, on the, on the plane. And it's just things like that, that, you know, 
when when a sport gets sort of embraced and, and accepted into sort of the public consciousness, it, it's it's amazing to to witness. And you know, I think Jack wrote a piece ahead of the tournament about how this could really be a catalyst for the growth of, of the women's game in Australia. And I think it's it's absolutely done that. And and I think as well, Australia, I guess, have been one of the few teams that haven't really come into this tournament sort of marred in, in a lot of controversy. Um, you know, I think obviously we, we touched on Spain earlier and I'm sure we'll we'll unpick that after the final and everything like that. But, you know, Jorge Builder, their, their manager, obviously it's an incredible football, football and achievement for him to have gotten Spain to a final. Um, however, we can't overlook that, you know, less than a year ago, 15 players didn't want to play under him because of his methods. And there's some players, the likes of Patry, Matthew Leon, at home missing this final, some of the best players in the world because they can't, they don't want to work under him. And I, I think in a sense, you almost don't want him to be vindicated for, for, for that decision and the Spanish Football Federation to be vindicated for that. And um, so I think actually for, for the Matildas to be one of the, the only nations that have just sort of stuck to the football really, haven't they? And, and I know obviously, you know, these other nations can't help it. England can't help this bonus dispute that's going on at the moment. But it's just been really refreshing, I think, to, to see this home nation just be completely focused on the football and then that they, they've really done the country proud. And hopefully this is the start of, of a golden generation for Australia because they've got so many talented young players, the likes of Mary Fowler, Ellie Carpenter, you know, some real, real talents coming through the ranks and hopefully by the time it gets to 2027, you know, they'll be even in an even stronger position to go on and mount a charge for, for the World Cup. I mean, that's exactly it. The The amount of quality that we've seen in, in so many young players in this tournament has been immense, not just in England squad, not just in Australia's, but crikey, pretty much every single squad we've seen play have had some immense teenagers some of them which is is insane um we are just about to wrap up but before we do i do want your score predictions it's gonna be a tough one i'm gonna do it to you um jack what are we going for on sunday for the women's world cup final the lionesses hit us with the prediction if it feels hard it feels like there's still so many days away and so, so much sort of build up sort of go I'll go with I'm I'm growing in confidence with this England team game by game and I think they're better than Spain and they can exploit Spain's weaknesses so I'm going to go 2 nil England yeah I'm, I I do think it will be an England win I'm not quite as confident because I think when you get to a final you know the nerves do do increase a little bit and, and Spain do have a lot of quality so I'm going to go 2-1 England um, Alessia Russo winner late winner I'm thinking Oh, we've gone for this. So we've gone for the winner as well. This the goal scoring winner. Okay, um, I think I'm gonna go for a two-one England win as well. I've got the confidence um, in England. The Lionesses have done us so proud up until this point. They are inspiring so many young girls, so many young boys across this country right now across the world this this women's world cup has been something so spectacular um and on sunday i think we're going to see something so incredibly special no one like no matter what the result is so come on england we're in the world cup final um thank you both for today you can follow all of our coverage online on the mirror all of our live updates and we will be back 
with a post-final World Cup digest. 